Inside the Vatican is supported by the Hank Center at Loyola University, Chicago. On October 13th, the Hank Center welcomes Tehard Deschardin Fellow, Professor Kathleen Sprouse Cummings, and her lecture, A New Kind of Saint, Catholics and Canonization in the 21st Century. All are welcome in person in Chicago. If you're unable to attend, please register for the live stream at www.luc.edu slash ccih. Welcome back to Inside the Vatican with America Media. I'm your host, Colleen Deli. Il mio appello si rivolge innanzitutto al Presidente della Federazione Russa, supplicandolo di fermare anche per amore del suo popolo questa spirale di violenza e di morte. Pope Francis dedicated his entire Angelus address this past Sunday, October 2nd, to denouncing the war in Ukraine. Recent weeks have seen the Ukrainians pushing back Russian forces on the ground, while Russian President Vladimir Putin has escalated his threats, claiming that four Ukrainian regions now belong to Russia. And, he says, Russia will take any attempt to reclaim those territories as a threat to its own territorial integrity. Putin said that in the face of such a so-called invasion, Russia would respond by all means necessary, including using nuclear weapons. The Vatican has responded to the war so far by advocating peace and focusing on sending humanitarian aid. But the Pope's response has been criticized on the world stage for being too soft on Russia. For example, after he said that NATO had been barking at Russia's gate before the invasion. Or when he prayed for a Russian civilian killed by Ukrainian forces who had in turn been used for Russian propaganda. In the Pope's forceful but brief speech this weekend, he appealed to Putin directly for the first time, calling for an immediate ceasefire. He also called on Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to be open to serious proposals for peace. But what does a just peace look like? It's not much of a peace agreement if somebody comes to you and says, look, we've put a deal together and 80% um, of your town is going to be safe and sorry, you're in the 20% that's not. This week on Inside the Vatican, I interviewed Joe Donnelly, the U.S. ambassador to the Holy See. He's President Biden's representative to the Vatican. We talk about the anguish the Pope is clearly feeling over Ukraine, and how Ambassador Donnelly navigates working with the Vatican even when its approach and goals are different from the U.S.'s. Ambassador Joe Donnelly, welcome to Inside the Vatican. Well, thank you for having me. I sure appreciate it. Thank you for making the time. I want to start out with a pretty simple question, which is, can you give us a look inside the day-to-day -day work of an ambassador? Like, what is an ordinary day for you? Oh, sure. I'm incredibly blessed that President Biden asked me to do this. I was raised as a uh, Catholic, still am a Catholic, you know, second generation immigrant, Irish immigrant. And so the Catholic faith has been a big part of my life. And obviously my home country, the United States, which I love with all my heart, having a chance to serve in the House and in the Senate has been such a big part of my life as well. And so it kind of blended both those things. The president asked if I would come over and serve. And so what I try to do is represent the United States to the Vatican to represent us on uh, foreign policy issues, on various policy issues, and to make sure that when topics are being discussed and being thought of by the Vatican, that America's point of view is heard. As well, it gives the Holy See a chance to be able to speak to America and say, look, here's our concerns about these issues. 
What does that look like? Do you just hear that something is being discussed in the Vatican and then you call up Cardinal Perelin and say, hey, here's <laughs> here's our stance? How does it yeah. happen? No, that, it's not like that usually. <laughs> on, on a regular basis, we meet with Cardinal Perelin, the Secretary of State, Archbishop Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And so the list of issues obviously is long. It, it involves Ukraine, which has been a huge part of my time here working on that issue working on things like human rights and trafficking, healthcare issues, security concerns for religious who may be serving overseas that we might be able to be of help with. And so like anything, you know, a couple of days before we'll get, we'll hear from the Vatican saying, hey, you know, we're looking to talk about this issue or vice versa, where we'll say, look, there's a discussion going on about Ukraine. We'd like to sit with so-and-so and go over that. Got it. So they, they invite you in for that. It it works both ways. Yes. Cool. You talked about there are points of agreement between the U.S. and the Holy See, and there are points maybe of less agreement. Can I ask you what the points of cooperation are, and what the points of difference are? Like, and I guess more importantly, how you approach navigating those points of disagreement. Well, I, I represent the United States. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in our country, for instance, in the Catholic Church, there's different points of view about each issue almost, it seems like. Oh, yeah. There are, uh, for want of a better term, like there are Catholics who are considered social justice Catholics. There are Catholics who are considered more rules-oriented Catholics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my job is not to get in the middle of the different Catholic groups who don't agree with one another or this or that. I don't represent a Catholic group. I represent the United States. Right. And so when I work on an issue with the Vatican, you know, we may agree on part of it on a foreign policy issue in the Middle East, for instance. And the Vatican may say, look, we believe in this and this. And I will say, look, you know, that's that's not where we are. Here's why. Here's our point of view on this. And on the Catholic cultural issues, you know, my job is not to be in the middle of Catholic fights about doctrine. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> That's the last place you want to be sometimes, I think. But uh, <laughs> so I let the various religious groups scrum those out and I try to work on issues regarding our country. It is interesting. You know, you said you're a practicing Catholic yourself. You're also in this position where you're not necessarily representing Catholics or Catholicism. You're representing the entire American people, which is a lot more diverse than that. I wonder, um, how you personally navigate times when maybe your personal beliefs are not in alignment with what President Biden wants you to advocate, for example. You know, I've not had any problems so far yeah. navigating those things. And so, you know, people go, well, well, does any of that stuff keep you up at night? And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's actually not been any problems with that. You brought up Ukraine, and I want to ask you about that. So just for some context for our listeners, you began your duties in the Vatican in mid-April, so a little bit after the beginning of the war in Ukraine. Yeah, and I actually became the ambassador to the Vatican before Putin invaded Ukraine right? in in mid-February. Oh, right before. Right before, and came here to Rome in mid-March and presented my official credentials to the Pope. April 11th. And it was around then that you had this conversation with the Pope that you told my colleague Jerry O'Connell about, about this conversation that focused mostly on Ukraine, where you said that the Pope really seemed to be agonizing over it uh, in your private conversation. Can you can you tell me about that? Like, how was that anguish evident? If you hear what the the Pope said in his Angelus mission. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, it was completely about Ukraine. And so 
I think this is something that, that he agonizes over every single day. On the day I spent with him on April 11th, you know, we talked for over half an hour and probably 90% of it was about Ukraine and how can we get to a place where uh, the bloodshed ends. And, you know, I was very, very honest and very upfront with him. I said, look, Putin started this war. Putin and Russia invaded Ukraine. They have slaughtered the Ukrainian people. They have tortured and raped and murdered them. And Russia is fighting to take Ukraine. Ukraine is fighting to survive. And so what I've always tried to do is speak truth. And, and that's the situation we're in. And, and the Holy Father, you know, he wants peace and he is in agony over this. You know, he is, he is the Holy Father. He is the successor to Peter. And you're sitting with him and he looks and he goes, I am trying so hard on this and I just can't seem to, to find a solution. And so, you know, there's not many authorities higher than the successor to Peter in trying to find a solution. Your conversation with Pope Francis was a while ago now. A lot has changed in terms of the war. How do you see things standing now in terms of the Vatican's efforts for peace and then the role that you can play in that? I've tried again, like I said, to be consistently very clear in representing the United States views on this, which is Putin and Russia attacked Ukraine. The interesting thing right now as we as on this particular date is that the tide has turned in Ukraine um, at the present time, that the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian army is pushing back and is succeeding in moving the uh, Russians further back toward their own country on, a, on an almost daily basis. And so we're in a different situation than we were when I first talked to the Pope, where it was a question of, could they hang on? And could they survive? Right. And right now, the question I think is, you know, how far can the Ukrainians go? Can they bring this right back to the Russian border? Mm -hmm. You look to try to find a a position where where Putin will say enough. And uh, um, you know, I've had past experience in in dealing with folks like this. I served on the Armed Services Committee in the United States Senate. Traveled to Iraq five or six times, to Afghanistan five or six times. He is not the first person who I've seen conduct themselves this way. And so unfortunately, I think with Vladimir Putin, it is you have to, um, you have to push back and um, he's a bully. And the only way to stop a bully is to stop them. Is that any different from the way that the Vatican approaches this? I mean, I just read Victor Gaitan's really interesting book called God's Diplomats about the Pope's ambassadors to these other places. And he really made the point about how in Vatican diplomacy, since peace is the top priority, you never want to be in a situation where you're creating winners and losers. And I think that's the fear as Putin gets more and more erratic and is escalating his threats of possible nuclear attacks. Is there a is there a, a tension between the two between the Holy See and the U.S.? Well, I wouldn't say there's a tension, no. But you have heard the Vatican say that Ukraine has a right to defend itself. Mm-hmm. Ukraine has a right to use weapons to defend itself. Ukraine has a right to protect its territory, and that's that's what they're doing. And so they are following through on all of those uh, particular points. There is no moral equivalence here. And that's what I've tried to continually stress to the Vatican. Russia attacked. Russia invaded. Ukraine is fighting for their life. And what I am hopeful that the Vatican seems to understand and will continue to understand is 
there, there's no moral equivalence here. There just isn't. And while we all want peace, it is not peace if the agreement that's achieved takes your family's home, takes your town, takes your oblast. That's not peace. That's just putting off war to another day. I'm interested that you say that you're stressing that to the Holy See. I, I wonder if you think that they are veering towards a moral equivalency? Like, is this a thing that you're pushing back against them on? Well, I am very, very hopeful that, um, you know, the message that we that we offer to them is one that they clearly understand. Yeah, I appreciate you unpacking that with me. I, I have one last question on Ukraine, which I, I think will be an easier one. Do you think it's advisable for the Pope to go to Ukraine? Uh, I have encouraged the folks I speak to at the Vatican to go to Ukraine. I believe, you know, I don't want to be held exactly to this, but I believe when I met with the Pope, I encouraged him to visit Ukraine as well. I think it is one of the strongest moral statements that the world could see about what is right and what is wrong here. Yeah. And you know what I have also encouraged them is to not tie themselves down. And what I mean by that is you've heard discussed, well, the Pope can't go to Ukraine unless he also goes to Russia. Mm. Well, what you do is you make the offer to go. And so you offer to go to Russia. Russia has clearly said they don't want him to come. Yeah, I think he's made that um, offer. Yeah, he's made that offer. And so if they're saying they don't want you to come, then you shouldn't simply say, well, now I can't go to Ukraine because they won't have me come. It's like, look, I'll come to your country and I'll come to your country. If you don't want me, I'm still going to the other country. Because the people of Ukraine love the Holy Father. They have great faith in him. It would be an extraordinary moment to see the Holy Father in Kiev praying with the families who have lost loved ones, who have lost sons and daughters on the battlefield, for the Holy Father to visit Bukha, mm -hmm. where the Russians um, tortured and murdered people. That's the kind of moral leadership that would have an incredible impact around the world and I think would also be an extraordinarily powerful moment for the papacy. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. a little, I want to ask you about your impression of President Biden's relationship with Pope Francis. I know you're, you're pretty close with President Biden, or at least have been in the past. Um, yeah, what, what do you think of their relationship? What's it like? Uh, I think they have a great relationship. Um, they get along extraordinarily well. They talk to each other. The president, when I was with him before I came over to, um, to Rome, gave me an envelope and said, this is for the Holy Father. I said, okay. 
um, I will put it in my bag and hopefully not forget it. (laughs) It's like, oh, you know what? I made it over, but I left that on the kitchen table. So um, that was the goal was to make sure that didn't, I had a little written list of the things I needed to make sure I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I met with the Holy Father, I gave it to him and he looked and he said, thank you so much. And then he laughed. He said, oh, you didn't open it. I'm like, no, I did not open it. <laughs> I figured I figured that was not my uh, purview to, uh, yeah. to open a sealed letter to you. <laughs> Your boss but, may not be thrilled about that. Right. They, um, they have a great relationship. And I will tell you this, um, I think we have a great relationship, the United States Embassy with the Vatican, with the Holy See. Archbishop Gallagher has, has said, we have a really positive relationship with the U.S. Embassy. And um, part of his answer was, look, we don't agree on every issue. There are some issues that they don't agree with us and some issues that we don't agree with them. But we're very clear with each other. We respect one another. And we're, we're both trying to make life better for for people around the world. Yeah. You told Jerry in your interview with him a few months ago uh, that, quote, there's a deep affection between the Vatican and the United States. And I was wondering if you could talk about that. The deep affection is, is strong language. The Catholic Church provides approximately 25% of the health care around the world. Think of that. And that health care is not at like the fanciest clinics in Florida or the fanciest clinics on the Upper West Side of New York. It is in the, the poorest areas. It is in the most challenged economic areas. D- don't get me wrong, those other places provide extraordinary medical care as well. But the, the point I'm making is they meet those most in need where they are. And we have great admiration for that. We as a country are trying to help those in need, whether it is food aid, whether it is medical aid. I know it was true at one point, and, and I think probably still is, we provided more vac- COVID vaccines than every other nation combined. And so I think that admiration for each other is based on the efforts to serve those most in need. Folks have asked, you know, so what's involved in this position? Obviously, we don't provide visas like other embassies do. I'm not, you know, doing what happens in the Italian embassy or others where I'm talking to business groups about working together on developing economies. What it's closer to is almost like a UN, a United Nations, where it's the moral power of the Vatican. It is, this is more of a global engagement embassy or global engagement post in that we are working with them on, as I said, security issues for religious in various parts of the world to try to help with any information we might have to work together on how to provide healthcare to people all over the world, including the United States, where I think it's about one seventh of, of healthcare in the United States is provided by the Catholic Church. It goes to human rights and religious freedom, for instance, where the Uyghurs who are in concentration camps in Xinjiang in China, we work on those issues. Also, you know, the Pope's concern about about our planet with Laudato Si and his concern on that and trying to engage with us and to work together to see how we can control global warming. I think that some of our listeners might hear this detail you mentioned about working on security issues, especially concerning religious. Just to help people understand, are you able to say any more about you know the, the kinds of security issues that the U.S. works on with the Vatican? For instance, we had a 
a, a United States sister who had been held from um, New Orleans recently was re- recently was released from New mm-hmm. Orleans. Sister Sue Ellen, right? Sister Sue Ellen Tennyson was kidnapped in Burkina Faso five months ago, and she was recently freed. No information about her kidnappers or the conditions for her release have been published yet. We were thrilled to uh, to have her come home, and so any information we had, we tried to work to receive also any information that the church had because she's a United States citizen and we have an obligation. Last question, since we're almost out of time. What do you want the U.S. people, U.S. citizens, maybe the U.S. Catholics who listen to our show to know about our diplomatic relationships with the Vatican? That they're strong, that they're from a position of respect for one another, that the effort being made by both sides is to try and make sure at the end of the day that our efforts help make it a safer world, help make people's lives better, help provide food to places that need it more, help provide better health care, and that we are the United States Embassy. But I hope that when the Vatican looks at it, they say, you know what, they are also accomplishing God's mission in making people's lives better. All right. Thank you, Ambassador Donnelly, for taking some time to talk with me. I appreciate it. Oh, it is my privilege, and and it's an extraordinary privilege to represent the United States. You can find Jerry's interview with Ambassador Joe Donnelly, along with our most recent coverage on Ukraine and Vatican diplomacy, linked in the show notes and at americamagazine.org. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. Ricardo Da Silva and Maggie Van Dorn produced this episode. Our sound engineer is Kevin Christopher Robles, and our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. We had production help this week from Robert Balasser at the Jesuit Curia in Rome. If you want to keep up with the latest Vatican coverage from America Magazine, follow us on Twitter at INSDE Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. Please also consider becoming a digital subscriber to America Magazine. It's really easy to do, and it's the best way to support our work here on Inside the Vatican. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe. Thanks. For America Media, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time.